I had one man been out for quite some time, and he called me yesterday and asked me some Bible questions. And he said, Preacher, I want to get back in church, and I'm going to start Sunday. And I'll get back in church start serving the Lord. And so I'm excited about that, but God is working in people's lives. Tonight, if you would please, if you'll turn over to Romans chapter 4. Now, we're approaching uh, the crucifixion of the Lord, and uh, uh, I've often wondered why couldn't God use something else besides crucify His own Son to die for my sins? But the more I study the Bible, I know it would be impossible. Only Jesus can die for our sins. But to, to think about that my sins and the sins of the whole world was laying on the shoulders or on the body of the Lord Jesus Christ on that cross is a, just a sobering thought. But I want you to watch something. Again, in Romans chapter 4, verse 1. What shall we say then that Abraham our father, as pertaining to the flesh, has found? For if Abraham were justified by works, he hath whereof to glory, but not before God. For what saith the Scripture? Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Now to him that worketh, is a reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt. But to him that worketh not, but believes on him that justified the ungodly, his work is counted for righteousness. Even as David also described the blessings of the man unto whom God imputeth righteousness without works, saying, Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sins. Pray with me, please. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you let the Holy Spirit bless each one of us tonight and enlighten us that we can see these great truths and rejoice in them now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In the book of Hebrews, if you're not careful, if you don't take the book of Romans and other books and study with the book of Hebrews, you'll find some verses there that seem to contradict the rest of the Bible. But uh, I was talking to a man about this this week. He said, uh, when you sin willfully, the Bible says, there is no more forgiveness of sin. I said, yeah, but what you don't understand is who that's talking to there and who it's talking about. You go back to the book of Romans, you'll find out. If you come up to the Lord Jesus Christ, any sinner, if you come up to the Lord Jesus Christ and you turn away from Him, you don't have another Savior. Jesus is the only Savior. And that's what that's talking about. And so, uh, if you understand, uh, the Bible never contradicts itself. And when it says that Jesus' blood cleanses us from all sin, that's past, present, and future sin. Now, you can't understand that, or at least I couldn't, till I got here in the book of Hebrews and I got to study this word imputation. And uh, verse 8, Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin or put on sin. Salvation is not a works, but by faith. He mentions a great man, Abraham. And Abraham was a great man in man's eyes. And if there's anybody that had a right to glory in man's eyes, it was Abraham. But the Bible says, not before God. 
Abraham couldn't even uh, all the good works that he did on the face of this earth, he couldn't glory in his work before God. But the verse three said, but what the scripture says about Abraham, he believed God, and because of his belief, same way with you and I today, if we if you take the Bible and you show anybody that Jesus Christ is a Savior, and if you believe that, then God counts you righteous. So salvation is not by works, it's by faith. Man is not justified by works, but by faith. Verse 3, when a person has faith in Christ Jesus as Savior, God counts that person righteous. Now there's some verses of Scripture that explain that. Go with me to Psalms 32, and I want to begin to read in verse 1. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no guile. I want you to notice a verse, please, for just a second. Blessed is the man whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. So that doesn't mean he's not sinning any longer. It means his sin is covered. Amen? So we know we're all sinners saved by the grace of God, even by that one verse. Now, verse 3. When I kept silent my bones waxed old through my roaring all the day long. For day and night thy hand was heavy upon me. My moisture is turned into the draught of summer, Selah. I acknowledge my sin unto thee, and mine iniquities have I not hid. I said I will confess my transgression unto the Lord, and thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin, Selah. For this shall every one that is godly pray unto thee in a time when thou mayest be found. Surely in the floods of great waters they shall not come nigh unto him. Thou art my hiding place. Thou shalt preserve me from trouble. Thou shalt confess me about with songs of deliverance. I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee by my eye. Be not as the horse or as the mule, which have no understanding whose mouth must be held in with bit and bridle, lest they come near unto thee. Many sorrows shall be in the wicked, be to the wicked. But he that trusteth in the Lord, mercy shall come pass about. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, ye righteous, and shout for joy, all ye that are upright in heart. Now, the part that I want you to get, though, that whole chapter of Psalms 32 has to do with imputation. David in these verses in Psalms 32 is saying, Blessed is the man whose transgressions or sin is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity or sin. There are three main imputations taught in the Bible. There's, first of all, there's Adam's sin, nature, uh, upon mankind. Romans 3.23 For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Now, I wasn't born when Adam was on the face of the earth, but God said that Adam sinned and he passed it on to all mankind, therefore I'm a sinner. So his sin was imputed upon me. Romans chapter 5 verse 12 Wherefore by one man, that is Adam, sin entered into the world and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. So when Adam sinned, 
He imputed it to me or placed it upon every human being after that. And so that's the imputation of sin on Adam. And by these verses alone, we can see then Adam's sin nature was imputed or put on all men's account. Adam passed sin on to us so that we are all sinners. But I thank God there are three there's another account of imputation in the Bible, that of man's sin upon Christ, as Isaiah 53, verse 5 and 6. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. That's sin. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and in, with his stripe we're healed. All we like the sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord had laid on him, that is Jesus, the iniquity of us all. Hebrews 2 verse 9. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels, for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he by the grace of God should taste death for every man. Now turn over to Second Corinthians a minute. And I'll explain it a little more. Out of the Bible in Second Corinthians chapter 5. And let's begin to read in verse 14. For the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge, that if one man, for if one died for all, then we're all dead. And that he died for all, that they which live should live, uh, should henceforth live unto themselves, should not live henceforth to themselves, but unto him which died for them, and rose again. Wherefore, henceforth though we know men after the flesh, Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we Him no more. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Now, according to these verses in, in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24, who his own self bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness by whose stripe ye were healed. So man's sins was imputed upon the Lord Jesus Christ or put upon his account. When Jesus hung on the cross of Calvary, it wasn't for his sins. It was for our sins. When Jesus was sped upon, when he was beaten and whipped and died by man's cruel hands, he did he died not for his sins, but for ours. Jesus was God in the flesh, imputing or putting man's sin on a perfect person. Man's sin substitute for man's sin is Christ Jesus' sin. The third imputation that's mentioned in the Bible, and that's of Christ imputing righteousness upon the believing sinner. Jesus taking the old hell-bent deserving sinner, putting on him the robe of his righteousness, making a lost person fit for heaven. Now let me give you something, and you've got to remember this. Not one ounce of sin is going to heaven. Amen? Now if you get that straight, you can understand what this verse is talking about. Jesus takes us old hell-bent sinners. We're, we're sinners because Adam imputed his sin upon us. We all become sinners. And then Jesus puts his robe of righteousness which no man is righteous, 
but only Lord Jesus Christ is righteous, so He imputes to us or puts upon us uh, His righteousness. And and I like what old preacher I heard preach one time. I forgot who it was. He said, "Did you know right now, if you're a child of God, you just as righteous as Jesus is righteous." Now, boy, that's that's something in it. When you make that statement to any human being, you're if you're saved by God's grace, you're just as clean, you're just as righteous as Jesus is righteous. You know why? We got His righteousness upon us. Now, God gives us example of this. And for Philemon, if you would please, I want you to listen to these two verses. That if thou count me therefore a partner, receive him as myself. If he has wronged thee, oh, the oh, put that on my account. Now, he's talking about the character of a man here, a man of God, and he's going back and he's telling that he has wronged you, talking to those he was around, and any wise. He said, put that on my account. And that's exactly what the Lord Jesus Christ did for you and I. Paul said, if thou count me therefore a partner, receive him as myself, if he has wronged thee or owed thee. Uh, put that on mine account or impute that to me. I, Paul, have written it with my own hand. I will repay it. Albeit, I do not say to thee how thou oughtest unto, oughtest unto me even thine own self besides. you got to remember who Paul was to these people here he's talking to. He's a great uh, man that come for them and preaches them salvation by grace and they, they get saved. And then somebody got uh, talking about Philemon and Paul said, if he owes you anything, put that on my account. So man is a sinner against God by choice. Man cannot save himself. Man deserves hell for his rebellion against the holy laws of the holy God. And yet God looked through Jesus Christ His Son, and whosoever is covered by His blood is not guilty. For Jesus bought the sinner on the cross. Jesus imputed His righteousness for man's unrighteousness. Now, when it comes to uh, Hebrews, and it's talking about uh, these things. Let me let me show you something if I can, real quick, and I'll tie it together. Hebrews chapter six. Go there just a minute with me. Hebrews chapter six, and verse four. For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost, and have tasted the good work of God and the power of the world to come, if they shall fall away to renew them again to repentance, seeing they crucified themselves, the Son of God, afresh, and put Him to an open shame. Now, there's different denominations that use these verses to try to teach that you can get saved and lose your salvation. No. If you'll read it very carefully, you'll understand that anybody that comes up to the Lord Jesus Christ and you don't put on His righteousness by faith, then there's no other hope for you. And you could turn around and walk away. Who are you going to go to? I've been reading Jeremiah, like I said, in the prophets, and I laugh at Jeremiah and some of these prophets were talking to the, the children of Israel and they said, you take wood and you take the wood and you cook with it. 
you take wood and you build your houses with it. And he's going on, he said, you cut down the most beautiful tree you can get in the wood, and you, you cook your food, you build your furniture out of it, you do everything with that piece of wood, and you turn right around and take that same piece of wood and make you a god out of it, and fashion it as your god, and bow down to that same piece of wood. And God said, do you understand it? And, and I'll paraphrase a little bit. He, God said to them, do you understand how stupid that is? I made the tree. I made the wood. And you're using it firewood, you're using it for everything else in the world, and you turn around and bow down to it. And what, he, what God was saying to you, if there's any hope at all, you've got to go to the maker of those things as God. Amen? And if you go to anything else, there's no hope for you. But the wonderful truth about it is that you'll never get any peace with yourself. I was talking to this man and and uh, he said, Preacher, I know that God has forgiven me, but I'm still wrestling with this thing. And I said, But sir, there's something you've got to do yourself. And that is you've got to forgive yourself. And do you know that's the hardest thing in the world to do? It really is. When you get to the place that you think you've sinned against God that He can't help you, and there's just nothing, nobody, no hope for you, you got to go back and realize when God imputed His righteousness upon you, you're pure. I'm still a sinner saved by the grace of God, but in the eyes of Holy God, I'm as pure as His Son is. You know why? Because the moment that you believe in Christ Jesus, the book of Romans tells that God takes you and immerses you into the body of Christ. I'm hid in the body of Christ. Satan can't have me no more. He'd have to get me out of Christ. And no man could get anybody out of Christ. He's God. I'm protected in the body of Christ. So, as I go through this world, I'm going to slip up. I'm going to do something wrong. The Holy Spirit's going to convict me of it and make me understand that that's wrong. And that's why He put in 1 John 1, 9, Confess your sins. Not sin. S-I-N-S-S. Confess your sins to Him and He'll forgive you of it. That's where you can have that fresh fellowship with God. Because your sin separates you from fellowship, not from salvation. You ever get mad with somebody? Or somebody gets mad with you? You know what that does? That breaks fellowship. You can't be mad with somebody and go hug them around the neck and say, Hey, y'all come over to dinner and have supper with us. And let's just talk about the Lord a little while. You can't do that. You have to forgive them first, and you have to get that straightened out between the two of you. And that's what backsliding is about. Somebody said, well, backsliding in the Bible, preacher. Yeah, it is. And you've got to understand, you get away from God. He don't get away from you. You back away from Him. And 1 John 1, 9 is put there for that reason. When you confess your faults and confess your sins, He forgives you and brings you back into that fellowship with God. Not salvation. Salvation is once. Notice what Hebrews chapter 6 said. said if, you, if, if you could lose your salvation, then Christ would have to be crucified all over again. Every time. I was talking to a man one time. He told me, oh, you got to... In his denomination, told you you could lose your salvation. I said, all right. If you, get, if you can lose your salvation... And he said, you've got to be baptized every time 
that you get to you lose your salvation and get away from the Lord. I said, you know what? how silly that sounds? For this reason, if I really believe that, I'd go stay in the baptistry. Amen? I wouldn't even get out because I want my fellowship with the Lord. And if i got to get baptized every time that I do something wrong, I might well stay in there because I'm going to do something wrong all the time. And how silly that is, but here's a question that I asked that person. If that was true and you could lose your salvation, what are you going to do now? You're going to go back to the Lord and say, Lord, I need saving all over again. Are you trying to tell me that God don't do anything perfect? What I like about the book of Genesis, you know what I like about it? I love to read it. And it says, and God did something and it was good. Every time. Everything that God did, right behind it, is good. When God saved my soul, brother, He did a good job of it. And you can't lose it. Amen? I'm glad I'm saved by the grace of God. Stand with me, please. Heavenly Father, I ask in Jesus' name tonight that You'll bless us as Your people. And Lord, the old devil tries to get us down because we do make mistakes and we do crazy things and sinful things against You and we're sorry for them. But Lord, I know without a doubt You still love me. But You care for me every way I go and every place I go. But Father, I want that sweet fellowship and I want it to stay true all the time that I can pray and talk with You and You talk with me. So we ask You, dear God, give us understanding of these things now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for being here tonight.